Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of Drew Unscripted. I am here coming to you guys. How's everyone doing? Hopefully, all you guys are doing well. I know times are tough. Times are certainly uncertain, but we just got to keep a positive mindset, man. We got to do our best. Today's topic is going to be about just thinking about talents over this year that has really impressed me, like talents that I've been watching. And when I say talents, I mean wrestlers. <laughs> We're going to be talking about, uh, got a couple of breaking news, a couple of uh, news to get into this episode, and also some new developments, and also a mini Wrestlemania prediction we're gonna be doing on the show today gonna be uh, hopefully interviewing some good friends of mine man pretty soon I'm gonna be interviewing some fellow wrestling fans guys that I've gotten to know really good within the last year guys that I go to a wrestling show with called bar wrestling shout out to bar wrestling that's my show right there I enjoy it never miss a show unfortunately due to what's happening shows have been canceled but, you know, just like everything else, things are unfortunately shut down. But I miss it, man. You know, I'm that much a big of a fan. I just, I miss it, man. And I think I speak for my buddies when I say we all miss it. But I'm going to be interviewing some of my buddies pretty soon. I'm going to be getting them on the show. That should be interesting. I'm going to have one of my closest friends by the name of George, who's a longtime wrestling fan. This guy's been watching wrestling since before I was even born. <laughs> That's how long he's been a fan, man. He's a true fan, and his knowledge is going to be told right here on the show coming up. I'm also going to be interviewing another friend of mine who is becoming a big wrestling fan. His name is David. He used to work at uh, Gorilla Mall, which is very big when it comes to pro wrestling because literally they show old school pro wrestling there, and they've had wrestlers there. That's where I got to meet WWE superstar the show off Dolph Ziggler. David is currently a big fan of Hangman Adam Page from AEW, the Hangman. You know, doing some cowboy shit, you gotta love it. We're gonna get him on the show as well. And yeah, man, let's get into it, man. Alright, quick new, quick uh, couple news about Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling just hired, well, just signed Kylie Ray. That's right, the, the queen of strong smile, Kylie Ray. Smiley Kylie Ray, who I've had the pleasure of meeting a couple times. She's... A nice person. I think she's a great talent. She was about to be signed, or she was already signed with AEW, but unfortunately, due to some personal issues, things could not be finalized. But now she's officially with Impact Wrestling, and that's good for her. I think she's a great talent, and I think that's another great addition to the women's roster for TNA Impact. Impact Wrestling, TNA. I call it TNA because when I was a kid, I watched it as TNA. You know what I mean? And say what you want about Impact, man. But Impact's got some great matches. Impact has a great roster and stuff like that. And I know there's a lot of people out there that they say, oh, you still watch Impact. And it's like, yeah, because I'm a fan. You know, I'm a wrestling fan. You know, if there's things I like, I like. If there's things I don't like, I don't like. You know, but I'm a big wrestling fan. We got a couple of Impact news. We have a new gimmick for guess who? That's right. The King of Dong style himself, Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan, you gotta love him. He's the godfather of bar wrestling. That's his baby. That's his show. And I've always had the pleasure of meeting Joey Ryan. The guy's incredible. I've also <laughs> seen his moves in the ring. The guy has 
if anybody hearing this doesn't know, the guy's got a magical penis. <laughs> Everybody knows that about Joey Ryan. Now he's kind of going under a uh, gimmick change in Impact. No longer the dick flip, he is now canceling the culture. Comes out with a sweater vest, glasses, some khaki shorts, and now he has a new gimmick change in Impact. I think it's pretty entertaining. I think it's pretty... Uh, I think it's pretty entertaining for Joey Ryan. A lot of people, you know, they've hated on Joey Ryan. They've hated the gimmick. They've hated the character. A lot of people like <coughs> uh, Jim Cornette. Sorry about that. <coughs> but, you know, they've really trashed. <laughs> they've really trashed Joey Ryan. And I just think, look, man, I think a lot of people find issue with it because they don't get it. Or I just think a lot of people are like, how is that funny? Or how is that over? Or some people are just, they're old school when it comes to that. I am completely of the opinion, you know what, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but sometimes people take it a little too far, like, if you don't like something, that's fine, that's fair, that's your right, but when you start taking it, you know, too far, and you start wishing bad on that person, that's just, that's just ridiculous, man, and that's just, that's bullshit, you know, to be, to be honest, you know what I mean, but listen, I like the Joey Ryan gimmick, I think it's, it is obviously over, and the guy's been around for a long time. Joey Ryan's been wrestling for quite a while. You know, I had no idea how long he had been in the business, but obviously the guy's a veteran. But now he has this new gimmick in TNA, and I think it's funny. I think it's entertaining. I think it's it's going to be over. I think it's going to be over for the time that he's doing it. At first, when I first saw it, I thought it was just going to be kind of a kind of a spoof, like it wasn't going to be a like it wasn't going to be long term because I think he was working a program with RVD, who, by the way, RVD has a pretty good new gimmick in TNA. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm actually enjoying it. I've always liked Rob Van Dam. I think RVD's literally a legend. The guy's, you know, ECW legend. You know, the guy was beast in WWE, multi-time Intercontinental Champion, Tag Team Champion, WWE Champion multi-time ECW champion, you know, RVD is the man, even a world champion in TNA, and I think currently his gimmick with his real-life wife, Katie Phobes, well, one of his wives, some RVD's a pimp, let's be honest, pimping ain't easy when you're RVD, I'm enjoying his gimmick right now in TNA, I think what he's doing is, it's pretty entertaining, man, I gotta give him credit on that, see, again, a lot of people, you know, they shit on Impact, but at the end of the day, you know, I respect the effort that they put. I think their effort's been pretty good and stuff like that with some of their characters, some of the, some of the utilization, tongue twister, with some of their characters. Characters like Sue Young, characters like Jessica Havoc, you know, Sammy Callahan, who I'll get to in a couple of minutes, in a minute or so, because I have a lot to say about Sammy Callahan. And, you know, I just think their characters have been real creative. See, this is why I think people, this is what I think makes pro wrestling fun, is when you have that creative freedom, you know, you have that creative freedom to be creative, you know, it's, it's kind of the best of both worlds when you think about it, but yeah, Joey Ryan and RVD's gimmick, I'm enjoying it, I think it's awesome, and Joey Ryan had a little in-ring promo with Scott Steiner, where basically Joey Ryan came out and he basically said that total nonstop action 
doesn't stand for total nonstop action. And Joey Ryan would get in Scott Steiner's face. Scott Steiner delivered a clothesline. You know Scott Steiner, big papa pump, legend. Just gave Joey Ryan a clothesline, tossed him out the ring. Don't know if that's going to lead to a match between them two, but... You know, I had the pleasure of... Uh, I didn't get to meet him, but I saw him live. And the reason I didn't, I didn't get to meet him was because his line was kind of huge. At a bar wrestling, you know, he wrestled... Uh, it was a tag. It was him and... Brian Cage against AEW's Orange Cassidy and, funny enough, Joey Ryan. It's pretty entertaining. But yeah, man, Joey Ryan, you know, that new gimmick, it's working out pretty good for him. And we'll see where it continues to go. Let's talk about gimmick changes. I don't want to really say it's a gimmick change so much. We have Sammy Callahan, who I'm a big fan of. I like Sammy Callahan. I'm a Sammy Callahan guy, man. I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple times at a promotion called PCW. I've always liked Sammy Callahan. I think he's intense. I think you put that guy in a ring with anyone, and it's gold. I think this guy can main event your shows any night of the week, and it would be incredible. He's been with Impact already for, what, almost almost two years? And obviously him with OVE, you know, Jake Crist, Dave Crist, you know, Sawyer Fulton, a.k.a. Madman Fulton, or Madman Fulton, a.k.a. Sawyer Fulton, because originally he was Sawyer in NXT. That stable, man, is beast, not going to lie, you know. And what Sammy did with Eddie Edwards, what he's done with LAX, what he's done with Cage, Obviously, Tessa Blanchard. The guy is gold, man. The guy is TV gold. And now his his character is kind of getting it's kind of getting a little bit of a change. Now he, you know, so they had the spot where a couple weeks ago on Impact, uh, you had Ken Shamrock in the ring, and I guess, and I wasn't really watching, but I guess for a week or so there were these vignettes of a new character coming to Impact, and what we thought was a new character was the return of the Callahan death machine himself, Sammy Callahan, who had not been seen on impact ever since he had lost the title to, to, to Tessa Blanchard at hard to kill. Don't know if he was taking time off to heal some injuries. Don't know if he was just taking time off to work on some creative, but the gimmick was actually him. The new gimmick was actually Sammy Callahan, and he attacked Ken Shamrock. He delivered a good old-fashioned fireball spot, which is always entertaining to see if it's done properly. And obviously, Sammy Callahan can do that shit properly. So it seems like his character is getting a bit of a tweak. He's obviously a little more darker. He's a little more sadistic, if that's possible, because if you watch Sammy Callahan, you see... He is one sadistic mofo, and that is TV gold, man. I gotta tell you, that is TV gold. So I'm watching, you know, and it looks like they're gonna do a program with Sammy and Ken Shamrock. Don't know when that match is gonna take place because of obviously what's going on, but it looks like they're gonna be the next program. You know, Ken Shamrock, man, you gotta give him a lot of credit. The guy was the first ever TNA World Champion. Obviously, years before that, he was a success in the UFC. Transition to pro wrestling in the WWF. Had some great matches with the British Bulldog. Who'll ever forget SummerSlam 1997. Had some great matches with Steve Austin. Remember the Lions then against Owen Hart. You know, Ken Shamrock, man, you got to respect the guy. The guy, think about it. He was the one that 
he was one of the ones that got it started when you think about it for MMA transitioning into the pro wrestling world. I believe he was the first one. I could be wrong on that. I think my wrestling trivia could be tested with that. But, you know, Ken Shamrock is cool. He's dope. And ever since he's come back to, to TNA, the guys had some good matches. He had a good match with Moose. He had a good match with Sawyer Fulton. And I think him and Sammy Callahan could put on a good match. But, yeah, man, I think we're going to get a new Sammy Callahan character. And I think they're they're teasing a breakup, I think, or problems with OVE. Because I did see a promo with OVE, Dave Christ, Jake Christ, and uh, Fulton where they didn't know where Sammy Callahan was. But they pretty much indicated that things were going to be fine. Sammy Callahan's going to return and things are going to be back to normal. The last we saw of Sammy Callahan, he had a he had another promo with Tessa Blanchard. And we thought we were going to be getting Tessa and Sammy 4. Because I know they've had three previous matches. I think they had one or Tessa and Sammy 5. But I know they're only going to count the ones that actually happened in Impact. Because I know they wrestled in, uh, in Wrestling Revolver. And, you know, stuff like that. So I think they're only going to count the ones for Impact. But I thought we were going to be getting a Tessa and Sammy rematch. But they completely... And who knows, that could still very well happen down the line. I'll get to Tessa Blanchard in a minute. But, yeah, we had Sammy Callahan come out. And he's basically cutting a promo. He cut what I think is a great promo. He, The guy was was very intense in his promo. Callahan came out basically said that he's tired of, you know, the legends coming back and taking spots away from the younger talent. But in reality, we know in storyline, Sammy Callahan's talking about himself because the guy's a heel and he's one of the best heels, I think. I think his promo was fire, man. No pun intended, it was fire. And then he had him get interrupted by good old Tommy Dreamer. You know, Tommy Dreamer came out Tommy Dreamer is another guy that I had the pleasure of meeting, another ECW legend. This led to a match. Pretty Callahan wins with the Pile Driver, a.k.a. the Cactus Special. After the match, we had OVE come out, kind of help Callahan because Rhino had came out. And we thought OVE was still together. But Callahan took out his switch and he disappeared. And what I mean by switch is it literally turned the power off in the ring. And he was gone. Kind of, uh, when you think about it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Jeremiah Crane character when he was kind of hacking, you know, the studios and stuff like that. So who knows? Maybe that's kind of influenced in this. I have no idea. Or this could be something new. Either way, it's it's going to be fun, man. Like I said, I think Sammy Callahan is going to do great. If he splits up with OVE, no idea. But it looks like we're, we're going to get a Callahan versus TNA Legends storyline. And we're definitely going to get a match with him and Shemrock, I am sure. And that should be pretty cool. So yeah, new character tweak for Callahan I think should be pretty good, man. Should be pretty great. And then in other news, we have Tessa Blanchard, who of course is the Impact World Champion. She's had some great matches in recent weeks with the likes of Ethan Page, who she worked on this week's Impact tapings. They're going to be having a triple threat. I, that's unfortunately postponed because of what's happening. Her defending against Michael Elgin and Eddie Edwards, that match should be pretty good. 
You guys know how I feel about Tessa Blanchard. I'm a big Tessa Blanchard fan. I think she is incredible at what she does. I've had the pleasure of meeting her several times at Bar Wrestling and at PCW and at WOW. She's great with her fans. Great personality. Like, it's always amazing to see how great the wrestlers are as human beings and watching them interact with fans. It's really, really fire, man. It's really top notch. But it looks like we're gonna be getting that, that we're gonna be getting that triple threat match, man. And I think that should be pretty good. It should be pretty fire. Do I think Tessa's gonna hold on to the belt? I think so, yeah. I think maybe they're gonna build up towards Tessa and Sammy one more time. Wouldn't it be funny if we got Tessa versus Daga for the world title? <laughs> Daga's another guy that I'm starting to be a big fan of. He's starting to become one of my favorite luchadors because that's his uh that's his style of wrestling, is that lucha libre style, man. Of course, Tessa and Daga, real life couple. Love them both. Met them a couple times, a bunch of times actually. But yeah, I think we're good. I think Tessa Elgin and Eddie Edwards should be pretty good. It was supposed to take place at uh, this upcoming Impact pay per view, but obviously because of what's happening right now, they've canceled it until until further notice. Postponed until further notice. I'm reading right here in the article. All right. Now I'm going to get into some WrestleMania predictions. WrestleMania, of course, will be taking place too big for one night, as if they didn't say that enough. <laughs> we have WrestleMania take, taking place Saturday and Sunday this coming weekend. You know, man, I think we're going to have a lot of gimmick. Well, we do have a lot of gimmick matches, but I think a lot of it should be entertaining. I'm looking forward to Edge and Orton. I'm looking forward to The Fiend and Cena. And obviously, Taker and Styles, I think those matches should be pretty great. They should be pretty good. Huh, I say that a lot, pretty great. It should be pretty good. should be pretty damn good. And as far who I think is going to win, my spoilers, hmm, let's see. We have, let me run down the match card. We have... The Women's Tag Team Championships, Asuka and Kyrie Sane taking on Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I think it can go to either team, but I have a feeling they're going to keep it on the Kabuki Warriors because Asuka has been getting insane promo time. She is obviously very... <laughs> loud on the microphone and I think you know they might like this idea so they might keep the belts on them do I think it's going to be a great match a lot of people would consider it a bathroom break but I mentioned this in my raw recap I said I would like to see I wouldn't mind if either bliss or cross turn on each other during the match at some point I think it would do wonders, and I think it would be a fresh new storyline to have Cross versus Bliss. But either outcome, you have Nikki Cross turn back into the beloved, insane Nikki Cross that we used to have in NXT. Remember her insanity? Remember when she was going crazy? That's the Nikki Cross that we need. That's the Nikki Cross that is money. Not saying that Nikki Cross can't do any other parts of her character, but I think... Your best option is to have her go back to the insane Nikki Cross. You can have 
them come close to winning the belts. You could either have Bliss all of a sudden turn on Nikki Cross by having her walk out. You could have Nikki Cross get so pissed off that they lose the match. And then after that, she snaps. And when I mean snaps, she like starts tearing up the arena, starts you know going crazy. And then she all of a sudden, boom, attacks Alexa Bliss. That is what I think would be awesome. So for that match, I'm going to predict the Kabuki Warriors retain. Either because of fallout or miscommunication from Bliss and Cross, but that's my first prediction. And then we have Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. Now again, I'm not too sure if this match happened because Bobby Lashley was reportedly one of the superstars that was not going to be competing at WrestleMania. But if that match is still happening, I'm assuming it's still going to take place. I really don't know because Mania was already taped. I'm going to say Aleister Black because he's the guy right now that needs to be winning. He needs to be built up more stronger. He can't be doing jobber matches every week. Get this guy in a United States Championship feud or build him up for Brock. Or whoever wins the championship. I'll be getting to that match in a little while. But you need to have Aleister Black go over. Bobby Lashley, look man. A lot of people say Bobby Lashley's boring. The guy's obviously talented. And the storyline with him and Lana has not been well received. <laughs> but I think you gotta give Black the W. You gotta give Aleister Black the win. No doubt. Big fan of Aleister Black. I have his t-shirt. And then we have what should be an interesting match. We have the, the Raw Tag Team Championships. The Street Profits defend against the newly formed team of Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Now originally, as everyone knows, this was supposed to be Garza and Andrade. But because of injury, don't know if it's a storyline or if it's... You know, just another wrestler that doesn't want to take part in WrestleMania. Totally understandable because, you know, obviously people are scared because they're human beings, of course. We're all scared. You know, we're all uncertain about this because it's an uncertain situation. But anyways, Andrade's out, Theory's in. Now, I don't see them giving the belts to Garza and Theory. Only because I'm not too sure if the plan is for Theory to be permanently on Raw. I mean, he's been in NXT for maybe a month. Officially on TV for like maybe a month. He's been with the company for, I would say, maybe almost two months. He's been, let's see, he got signed, I want to say... They signed Theory because he was with Evolve, but he's been signed to NXT officially. I think I have it right here. I don't want to get confused. But he's been signed since before January. The guy's been around since before January on NXT. And for the most part, you know, he had a great, 
North American Championship match with Roderick Strong. And I think, obviously, Austin Theory is money. The guy's the future of the company. He's one of the futures of. He's one of the. He's one of the. How do I say it? He's a major part of the future of this company. But I just I don't think they're going to give him the belts. The Street Profits are obviously good at what they do. I think a lot of people miss them in NXT, but. They're the champions, and this is their their first title defense. So I'm not too sure, but you know how WWE is once in a while. They kind of they tend to flip flop the belts, you know, and stuff like that. So hopefully that's not the case with this. But I think the match should be great. I think you have four amazing talents in that ring, and it should steal the show. But as for for who I think is gonna win, I'm gonna go with the Street Profits just because they just won the belts. And I'm not too sure how long Theory and Garza are going to be a tag team. If they win the belts, which they very well could win the belts. Hey, stranger things have happened. But, you know, we'll just see what happens. I think I think the match should be good. I think it should be fun. Expect a lot of high risk. Expect, expect a lot of speed. Speaking of high risk, did anybody see that insane bump that Montez Ford took on Raw? Whew. Not a good sound, man. But yeah, I'm going with the Profits to retain the title. Titles. And then we're going to have Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Rollins and Owens have been feuding for a couple months. You've had the Viking Raiders. I, call, I still call them the War Raiders. Hanson and Roe. I don't call them Ivar and Eric. You've had Samoa Joe. And you've had Buddy Murphy. I don't call him Murphy. I call him Buddy Murphy. The best kept secret. And you have the Authors of Pain. You know, it's kind of been a back and forth war between the two stables. And I've enjoyed most of it. I'll never forget that one episode of Raw where Kevin Owens literally ran up that skateboard-like ramp. <laughs> That's part of the stage for Raw. And he landed on the Authors of Pain and Samoa Joe. But this is the first time we're going to get a singles match in this storyline. not the first time that Owens and Rollins have worked. Because if you remember, they had a program in 2016. They had a couple good matches in 2018. And every time these guys have wrestled, man, it's always still the show. And I think this will be no different. You know, Rollins and Owens have been delivering some great promos back and forth. Rollins delivered a great promo a couple weeks ago on Raw when he talked about how none of this at the performance center exists without Seth Rollins. A lot of people may think he's right. And Owens had a good promo. Owens is a great promo cutter, always has been. He cut a great promo last night on Raw, saying that now he's on his own, Rollins is on his own, and he's pretty much going to beat him 1-2-3. I think the match is going to steal the show, man. I think it's... I don't think... See, this is the thing. I don't think it's going to be the only match that steals the show. But I think it's gonna it's gonna be a great start. If you have if you have that start the show, I think that would be great from a business perspective. If you have Owens and Rollins start off the show. But as far as who's gonna win, you gotta give the victory to Kevin Owens. Why? Because in this storyline you've had Rollins beat Owens 
more than once <laughs> in tag team comp and tag team action because they've always been in six man tag team matches or there's always been a match where it's led to a tag team match. I kind of don't like that because it kind of becomes overdone, but I think you got to give the victory to Kevin Owens. As far as what I think happens after this feud is over, you know, maybe you have Rollins go for the Universal Championship, the Universal Championship, the WWE Championship, and for Owens, I mean, hey, you could always book him in a U.S. Championship picture with Andrade. I think that'd be pretty good, him and Andrade one-on-one. But yeah, for that match, I'm going to go with Owens. All right. Moving moving forward, we have Elias versus King Corbin. <laughs> no, ladies and gentlemen, it's not the Lion King. Yes, Baron Corbin, our king, who has a nice collection of watches. Have you seen that guy's watches on Instagram? The guy obviously has a pretty nice little wardrobe going on for himself. Seems like a likable guy in person. But his character, let's be honest, it does what it needs to do. Nobody likes Corbin. <laughs> For me, I used to be a, Cor a Baron Corbin fan when he was in NXT. I dig this finisher. I think the end of days and deep six are well, well done. And ever since he's come to SmackDown, you know, now he's been the king and he's obviously had a really long feud with Roman Reigns. But now you have him and Elias that have this mini feud. And I say mini feud because it's been maybe for a couple of weeks. I did like that spot where he pushed Elias. Corbin pushed Elias off that podium. Nasty thud. But it was nice. It was well produced, I think. You got to give WWE credit. They know how to produce stuff. This match, look, it's It's filler. You know, I think it's filler. There's no real major storyline behind it other than Elias is singing about Corbin and, you know, basically embarrassing Corbin. But there's no real, like, long-term storyline with these guys. But I think they're going to give the win to Corbin. The reason why I think they're going to give it to Corbin is because they can always do a bullshit finish where there's a disqualification and it keeps the feud going. But... I think it's just for the sake of get, of getting everybody on the card, the WrestleMania card. So I think, and with the wrestlers that are still willing to compete, you know, you know they're going to be on the card. <laughs> so I see Corbin getting the victory. For this match, I'm going to go with Corbin. All right. Next, we will have the Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn defends against Daniel Bryan. Yes, 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 Daniel Bryan. This match, I originally thought should open up the show. You can get, you know, people that are watching, you can get them excited. Obviously, we both know that Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn are two of the best wrestlers around. Sami Zayn has not really been that much of a wrestler. He's been like a manager for Nakamura and now Cesaro for quite a while. And I think they really enjoy Sami Zayn in that role. Look, Sami Zayn on that role is good. He's annoying, but that's part of that's what he's supposed to do. That's what the character's supposed to do. But beyond all that, I mean, come on, Zayn's one of the greatest wrestlers to lace up a pair of boots in this generation, man. The guy put on some really good classics in NXT with Kevin Owens, with 
Neville, who is now known as Pac. Well, he was always Pac. But you got, you know, all those classics. He had a classic with, funny enough, Shinsuke Nakamura and, and Nakamura's debut match with WWE. And he's been a heel for quite a while, man. He's been a heel for quite a while, and he's done a pretty good job as a heel. Then you have Daniel Bryan, who obviously is beloved as a babyface. Daniel Bryan has always been beloved. The guy is one of their top talents. And this should be a good one, man. This this should be a classic. You give these guys like 20 minutes, open up the show. I know I said Rollins and Owens should open up the show, but that can go second. You can have Zayn and Daniel Bryan open, open up the show. That's how I would book it. And you give these guys about 20 minutes, just let them kill it. Or if you want to stretch it out, 25 minutes, just nothing but wrestling. Fast-paced wrestling, you know, barely even any strikes, and you just give them their time, man. I mean, come on, we got Brian Danielson and now Generico, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and of course, that's their Ring of Honor names. But as far as who I think is going to get the win, I think you got to give it to Daniel Bryan. I know... Sami Zayn just won the title, but there's really no one else I can see on the roster that's been booked strong enough, and I think you can give it to Daniel Bryan. See, this is how I would book it. You have Daniel Bryan win the belt. Now him and Drew Gulak are kind of a team now. They're kind of uh you know, they're kind of an alliance now. You can have Gulak turn on Bryan at some point, and you can have Gulak and Bryan for the IC title. Maybe at Survivor Series. Maybe you can have them at the next pay-per-view. Or maybe you can do a long-term booking and say, okay, we're going to have Brian win the championship, but we're going to have eventually Gulak turn on Brian. There's an idea for you, WWE. But I think the match should be excellent. Yeah, Zayn could retain, and you could have, you know, Daniel Bryan chase Zayn for the championship, but... In reality, I think you give Daniel Bryan another WrestleMania moment, man. Alright, moving on, we have Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Now, as we all know, the Otis and Mandy storyline has been incredibly over. It's done wonders, I think, for both the careers of Mandy Rose and Otis. You gotta love Mandy Rose. Who doesn't? She's the golden goddess. <laughs> Certainly Corey Graves loves Mandy Rose. Don't let Carmella hear that one. And then you have Otis, who is just charismatic as fuck, man. The guy is just extremely charismatic. The guy does a great worm. I'm sure Scotty Tuhati is watching that very proudly. And I think that this storyline has been has been great. I think the acting has been on point. I think Otis and Mandy, for as young as they are in their career, have done a phenomenal job. And a lot of people can relate to Otis in this, in this storyline, I think. Because, you know, you got a guy who maybe doesn't look the best. And then you have this smoking hot chick who is just irresistible. And the storyline is that he likes the girl... The girl feels sorry for him, but you think possibly she might like him back. Classic storytelling right here. Classic storytelling indeed. 
I think the match should be good. I think, because let's be honest, Otis is a great worker. Ziggler has always been a great athlete. But unfortunately, they've never really given him the push that I think they should have. I mean, he is a former world champion. He is a multi-time intercontinental champion. And at one time, uh, I think he won the U.S. title a couple times. I know he won it at least once. But Ziggler, who, like I said, I've had the pleasure of meeting, obviously is great. But this match, I think, should be good. I think the way you end this is you have either Mandy turn on Dolph by showing support for Otis. Dolph goes up to Mandy, gets in her face, and then you have Otis just knock the hell out of Ziggler. And then you have a WrestleMania moment where Otis finally gets the girl. You could have Otis go over in the match. You could have Mandy look at Otis, look at Ziggler, and I'm telling you, man, you're getting Macho Man and Elizabeth vibes. Are they going to get together? Now, I know, you know, with with uh, Macho Man and Elizabeth, they were together before, where Otis and Mandy were just going to go on that date, that Valentine's Day date. But you could have a great WrestleMania moment where she just jumps into Otis's arms, starts kissing him, starts hugging him, confetti... Shit, man, there you go, that's a WrestleMania moment. Now, interesting enough, a lot of people say, how will this affect Fire and Desire, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose? Well, I mentioned this on my show a couple days ago, on my recap for Raw. I said, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a program where Otis and Mandy take on Ziggler and Sonya. You can have Sonya turn on Mandy, because remember, nobody really understood why Otis and Mandy's date didn't happen. There was a text message, but nobody knew the story behind that. Maybe maybe it was Mandy. People said maybe it was Tucker, Tucker Knight. I mean, I don't know if you exactly want to break up Heavy Machinery. A lot of people say that Otis is the star, but Tucker's not bad at himself. Tucker, you know, he's talented too. And I think... You know, you could have Mandy potentially, you know, not like maybe Sonia kind of, you know, not liking, not liking the fact that she feels sorry for Otis. And you could do Otis and Mandy against Ziggler and Sonia. I think that would be pretty interesting. Will it happen? I have no idea. But I could see, I could see, and I think you guys could too, I could see Otis and Mandy potentially getting together potentially getting together and i think that would be great television it's already been good television but i think if they get together actually hey man that's tv gold right there all right everyone before i continue i just want to once again say i hope you guys are doing good hopefully you guys are keeping yourselves busy in this little quarantine session that everybody's going through right now Back to business, we have, oh, and just for the record, a lot of these matches could be changed, but right now we're reading the card that's currently scheduled. We got the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We have the Miz and Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho, that's their little song, right? Against the Uso Penitentiary and the New Day. Now, quick little recap of what I said. 
a lot of wrestlers may not compete at WrestleMania due to what's obviously going on. Some wrestlers, unfortunately, are even sick, and WWE does not want to risk it, obviously. You have The Miz, who was rumored to have been sick. I don't know if that was true. I don't know if maybe he's just nervous about the whole competing thing. If he is, it's completely understandable. The Miz is a father. The Miz is a human being. But I'm not too sure if he's going to be a part of the card still. I did hear that they were going to do a triple threat with John Morrison, one of the Usos, and and one of the New Day members. I'm assuming it's going to be Kofi because if it's a ladder match... You know, they might have Kofi do all the high-risk spots and stuff like that. All three competitors. Not saying Big E couldn't do it because Big E could do it. You know what I mean? But I'm not too sure what they're going to do. But I do have a prediction for this match. I think the Usos are going to get the belts because it's been heavily rumored that the Usos are going to get the championship belts. If they get the championship belts... WWE could turn the Usos heel because if you remember when the Usos were heel they were over the Usos are still over don't get me wrong but you know if you have them go heel again you know that could be pretty good for the tag team division and everybody knows the tag team division in the WWE seriously needs an improvement and I think that's well overdue that's long overdue but do I think the Miz will compete I think it's if he's not feeling the best, I think it's very unlikely. But if he does compete, I think the match should be fun. If it's a triple threat like if, like rumors are saying it's going to be, it should still be fun. It's going to be unique. But you know what? Look, this WrestleMania is going to be different. And that's just, that's just the way it is. This WrestleMania is not going to be the same. And a lot of people have said this WrestleMania should be postponed. I agree with that. I think for safety reasons and for everyone's safety... It should be postponed, but the fact of the matter is they're going to do it, and I still respect them for wanting to give a show. You know, they want to get your mind off of stuff for a couple hours. Well, I say a couple hours, but you know how long WrestleMania is. WrestleMania is like freaking almost eight hours longer because if you count the pre-show, but yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm 50-50 on it. I think it should be postponed for health and safety reasons. But at the same time, I do respect them wanting to give a show still. That's just how I feel about it. I'm very 50-50. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Usos to win, to you know, become champions again. As far as who I think they'll feud with, I think this is when you need to bring a tag team up from NXT. I mean, fantasy booking, maybe you bring up the Undisputed Era. Maybe you bring up Fish and O'Reilly, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Maybe you have them feud with the Usos. I mean, that's fantasy booking right there, guys. I love to be the fantasy booker. I am the fantasy booker. <laughs> I always call myself the fantasy booker. I know everybody likes the fantasy book, but, you know, I think I think you could do that. But yeah, Usos, I can see winning. I could see Miz and Morrison retaining, but at the same time, you know, I think more times often than not, the rumors are actually accurate. But of course, you know, obviously don't believe everything you hear sometimes, you know. Alright, moving on, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship. We have what was originally supposed to be a six-pack challenge. 
But now, obviously, because of what's happening, we have Dana Brooke, who obviously, for understandable reasons, did, you know, was pulled out of the match. It will now be a five-way dance. It'll be Bailey defending against Lacey Evans, Tamina Snuka, Naomi, and the boss, Sasha Banks. Now, no disrespect to Lacey, Tamina Snuka, and Naomi. I wanted this to be Bailey and Sasha. Just because I feel like the history is there. A lot of fans have wanted this and it would be different because, you know, obviously Bailey has been a heel for a while. She got the haircut, she ditched her happy music, and now she comes out to that generic rock music. And I don't think Bailey's bad as a heel. I, I kind of dig what she does as a heel. I kind of like her heel, you know, gimmicks that gimmick that she has right now. There's some people that said, oh man, she should go back to being a babyface. Obviously, Sasha Banks plays the heel really well. Sasha Banks was a babyface for a couple years, but a lot of people wanted their heel Sasha back. We got that. And she hasn't been on top like she was in NXT. But with her and Bayley, obviously they have classic matches. They've had classic matches in NXT. The TakeOver matches... All that stuff. Obviously, they're a unit right now. They're both heels. But originally, I wanted to see Bailey and Sasha one-on-one. This is a match that I think a lot of people have been wanting for a couple years now at WrestleMania. We didn't get it at WrestleMania last year. We didn't get it at the Mania before then. But now we're going to get the six-pack challenge. Now, I did originally want to see, like I said, Bailey and Sasha in a one-on-one environment. But... Obviously, they're not going to do it yet. I do eventually think that they are going to do it. As far as who goes babyface and who stays heel, you could have it be different with this time, you know, Bailey as the heel, Sasha as the babyface. Kind of like what they're doing with Gargano and Ciampa with Gargano as the heel and Ciampa as the face. But they're obviously not going to go that route. They're going to have this five-way match. I mean, it's going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be, I would say, I think you're going to get a good a good exchange between Naomi and Sasha Banks. You're going to get a good exchange between Bailey and Sasha, but I do see Bailey and Sasha working together. I don't really see them fighting each other that much. Maybe there'll be there'll be some miscommunication. There you know that always happens in matches like this. As far as who I think is going to win the belts, I think it's it's been rumored that it's going to be Lacey Evans. And Lacey Evans, you know, I respect her. She's obviously a great mother outside of the ring. She's a respected veteran of the Army. And her as a babyface, I mean, I've never really bought into it just because there's some people that just naturally fit the heel persona a little more better than they do a baby face some would say the same about Sasha oh she's more better as a heel because she can make you dislike her she has that attitude she has that condescending attitude or you have her as a baby face because you know all the all the kids like her and you know they like her hair and they like her her you know personality and stuff like that but there's some people that are just meant to be the bad guy there's some people that are meant to be the heel 
And I think with Lacey, she's meant to be the heel. But the rumor is that she might win the belt. If she wins the belt, I mean, there's really nobody on the roster that they can utilize. This is what this is why I say after Mania they need to bring up some pe- some people from NXT. Even though a lot of people don't really see NXT as development, they see it as a brand, which I see it as a brand. But at the same time, you know, for business standards, you know, I can see a talent coming to either Raw or SmackDown. But yeah, I think as far as who I think is gonna win. I actually have two picks for this match. And I think a pick is either going to be Sasha or it's going to be Bailey. I think Sasha because I feel like you could have her get a victory and Bailey snaps and then you can build up Bailey and Sasha with Bailey as the heel. Or maybe Bailey retains. She gets, you know, she has a great performance. And then Sasha's kind of like, what the hell? And she attacks Bailey, And then you can kind of get the huggable Bailey back. Either way, I do think that, th- that this match is going to be there. It's going to have some miscommunication with Bailey and Sasha. But overall, I'm either going to pick Bailey or Sasha. I have two picks for that match. But originally, it's supposed to be a six-pack challenge. Dana Brooke is one of the wrestlers that does not want to compete. Again, it's understandable. And I don't think she was feeling all that well, neither about it. But yeah, no shame there. No shame at all. Then we have the Raw Women's Championship. We have Becky Lynch defending against the Queen of Spades. I'm not going to call her the cage fighter. The Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler. Now, Becky Lynch has obviously been champion for a while. She is one of the top babyfaces in the company. Though a lot of people are, I think, getting a little fed up with her gimmick and her character and some of her promo work. You obviously have Shayna Baszler, who is a two-time NXT Women's Champ. She's done extremely well for herself since coming to the WWE, since even getting into the wrestling business. I have not had the opportunity to meet her, but I have seen her live. I saw her at TakeOver Los Angeles when she beat Kairi Sane. And kept their championship, of course. And I'm a fan of Shayna Baszler. I think Shayna Baszler is good. I think she's great at what she does. She's a great heel. She was dominant in NXT, literally. And I think this match should be good. I think this match should be physical. I expect to see a lot of stiff work between these two ladies. And I think it's going to steal the show for the women's division. As far as who I think is going to win, I think you give the championship to Baszler. Because I feel like ever since Elimination Chamber, you're booking her as undefeated and dominant. And that could be cool. You could have Baszler kind of go on a little bit of an undefeated streak. I think Becky has a lot of momentum, obviously, because she hasn't really defended the championship that much recently. She hasn't really, she hasn't competed in that many matches recently, obviously, because of what's going on. But I think the last match that Becky Lynch had on Raw was... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was against Kyrie Sane. And I don't even remember exactly how long that was ago, but I mean, look, they could keep the belt on Becky and you can have this extend, but maybe Ronda Rousey gets involved. I have no idea. No idea if she'll get involved or not. There's obviously history with her and Shayna Baszler, but 
if they don't have Ronda get involved and they just have Shayna dominate Becky, I think that would be good. This is I'm gonna give you guys another Drew fantasy booking right now. What if in this match you have Shayna Baszler just completely freaking dominate Becky Lynch? Similar to how Brock dominated Cena at SummerSlam 2015, 2014, 15, 14, 15. I, uh, which one was it? It was, yeah, it was the year of 2014. But anyways, you have Baszler dominate Becky Lynch. Becky barely gets any offense. And then you can have the storyline where Becky Lynch, you know, realistically couldn't beat Shayna Baszler. So she kind of starts to doubt herself. And then you can do a rematch where Becky brings the fight and you can continue the storyline with Shayna. I think if you do that, that would be pretty cool. Be pretty good. But I think the match should be hard hitting. And my pick for the match is going to be Shayna. I say Shayna wins the belt. And Shayna kind of has a bit of an undefeated streak. I think that's the way you go with this one. Will WWE do it? We'll have to wait and see. And then we're going to have the NXT Women's Championship. We have, that's right, three Women's Championship belts on this card. We have NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley, who I'm a fan of, defending against the Queen Charlotte 10-time Flair. Charlotte Flair I respect. You know, I think Charlotte Flair is obviously talented. She's one of their top female competitor. She's obviously the daughter of the legendary nature boy Ric Flair, the nature girl Charlotte Flair, and the nightmare Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley's had a pretty good year, man. Rhea Ripley had a great performance at TakeOver. She had a great performance in Survivor Series. And when I say TakeOver, just so I'm not confusing anyone, I meant TakeOver War Games. Rhea Ripley defeated, you know, she dethroned the Queen of Spades, Shayna Baszler, and now she's facing another queen in Charlotte Flair. The match should be the match should be good. I expect a lot of uh, near falls. I expect a lot of submission type maneuvers. So you have the figure eight. You have Rhea Ripley with her Riptide. This one's kind of tough because I want to say Ripley retains. And you give Ripley the WrestleMania moment because Charlotte Flair, she had a WrestleMania moment last year when she got to main event and the year before when she ended the undefeated streak of Asuka. So if we're going to go by fair, you give the WrestleMania moment in terms of who wins to Rhea Ripley. But at the same time, I would not be surprised if just to add another championship to her her list, and even though Charlotte Flair is a former NXT Women's Champion, I could see Charlotte Flair winning the belt. And maybe she goes to NXT for a couple months. You know, hey, look, there's a lot of women in NXT that I think Charlotte Flair could have good matches with. I think her and Bianca Belair could have another good match. Maybe you have Charlotte win the championship and her and Bianca have a program at a takeover match. Maybe that, that can be a takeover match. I definitely think so. You could have Charlotte Flair and Mercedes Martinez. You know, Mercedes Martinez is a veteran, man. She's a well-respected veteran. And I've had the pleasure of meeting her a couple times. You could have Charlotte Flair and Chelsea Green. You know, you build up Chelsea Green a little bit. You could have Charlotte Flair. And who else is down there? 
Oh, pff, easy. Charlotte Flair and Shotzi Blackheart. There's a lot of stuff you can do for Charlotte Flair if she goes to NXT, goes back to NXT. But overall, I'm going to say Rhea Ripley wins. And she has that WrestleMania moment. Because history is being made for the first time an NXT championship will be decided on WrestleMania. Doesn't get any bigger than that, man, for NXT. So I'm going to go with Ripley retaining the championship. Alright guys, we have the Firefly Funhouse match. A match that I'm looking forward to. One of the matches I'm looking forward to. You have the Fiend Bray Wyatt against every John Cena. Now, there was reports that this was in some type of a warehouse. Special effects, which I think WWE is great at. Kevin Dunn, you know, gotta give him credit. I think they're going to be creative with this. I think Wyatt and Cena, they probably met up and they probably said, let's see what we can create. Because you know John Cena has creative control. And I think he's going to put it to good use. Obviously, there's a lot of history between the two guys. Obviously, they had a match at WrestleMania 30 a couple years back. Cena won. Wasn't really a fan of that outcome because I think Bray Wyatt was great when he was first getting his start. On the main roster. But time has passed. And now we have The Fiend. You gotta give the victory to The Fiend. I'm picking The Fiend. John Cena does not need the victory. He does not need the win. John Cena is already established as a top guy. He's already established as the face of the company. I think you gotta give the, the win to Wyatt. To Bray Wyatt. Overall, I think the match will be fun. I think it'll be dark. And I think we'll see... Maybe, Hey, look, maybe we'll see scenes with Bray Wyatt as The Fiend and just as the Mr. Rogers Bray Wyatt. I have no idea. But this has got... You know, this has got me excited, man. I think we're going to get like a final deletion type of thing. You never know. But overall, I'm going to pick The Fiend. If they put Cena over... Oh, man. I just hope they don't go with that one because I don't think Cena needs it. All right. Now we have the, the last man standing match. Edge and Randy Orton. That is right. I think the build for this match has been excellent. The promo work between Edge and Randy has just been complete fire, man. It has been unforgettable. Edge came back at the Royal Rumble after nine years, and literally the hearts of all the fans of Edge just completely melted, man. It was incredible. I remember when he came out at the Rumble, I was just, I was speechless, and I teared up, man. Hey, I'm not afraid to admit it. I cried, man. I had a couple tears, you know, because I respect the work that Edge has done for so many years since the Attitude Era. I mean, come on, Edge has been around for so long and he's put so much work in and he's always been great, man. You know, he's the ultimate opportunist. You know, he's the rated R superstar, multi-time world champion, multi-time tag team champion, multi-time intercontinental champion, Royal Rumble winner, this guy, King of the Ring. You know, this guy has been amazing for so many years and now he's back. 
and he's back in his first ever singles match. And then you have Randy Orton, who I've always respected. Another guy that's been a champion for so many years. You have another top guy. This match should be physical. I think the fact that it's going to be in an empty arena match, I think we're going to, we're going to get vibes of Rock and Mankind halftime heat. You know, 